Thanks for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to receive a code for Sherm Credit. Now enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Benefits Breakdown. I'm Vanessa Longnecker here with... Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, wherever you are. It's Jared Bocut. Hey, everyone. Adam Compton. We are jumping into some fun today. We're actually going to get into a really powerful topic, something super important that I think often isn't discussed as often as it should be. It's really about disability and protecting employees and their families. So we have a great guest, Wes Bryan, Vice President of PGT. He's going to help guide us through this conversation. And Wes, welcome to the Benefits Breakdown Podcast. We're excited to have you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here, guys. Appreciate the time. Now, before we get into anything super crazy, we just need to verify you're a human being, right? You're not a robot. I think we've done this <laughs> I before. I am, in fact, a human being. And, and what are some things, outside of uh, the fun stuff that we're going to get into here, what are some things that you really enjoy to do outside of the insurance and disability world? Oh, man. I think probably like most of us, I'm, I'm busy chasing kids. So I've got three young kids in the household, 10, 8, and 6. They're all uh, playing a litany of sports. <laughs> we're, we're about as busy as can be with that. Uh, I just got done with a hunting trip with my eight-year-old son, which was awesome. Uh, he did not shoot a gun, don't worry. He played <laughs> bird boy. Uh, and then I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty avid golfer, even though my handicap doesn't say so. That's kind of where I'm at. I like it. We call that the marathon days of parenting. But there you go. So we'll dive into uh, just the disability market. If that's your focus. That's what you really live and breathe every day. And I think a lot of the employers and our friends on the podcast that deal with disability might have kind of traditional products. They might have a short-term disability, long-term disability, kind of some subset, which I think we're going to dive into, but maybe just a kind of a status quo of the kind of the group market. What do you see most employers offering? And set a little bit of a baseline there before we dive into some of the deeper items. Yeah, I think uh, it, it depends on the size of, of, of the company at the end of the day, the, the population size, and then probably the income thresholds within that organization, the, the industry they're in as, as far as who's valuing the disability discussion, which I, I think is is probably an undervalued discussion uh, at the end of the day, as important as it is. And, and we'll kind of get into that. But um, I, I think we typically see more employer-paid short-term disability with, with a long-term component uh, in there. And I think it's a, it's a mixed bag, whether that's funded by the employer or, or voluntary. I would tell you more clients that I work with than not are absolutely funding their long-term disability program and valuing the need there. And so I think it's always been in the mix. LTD coverage is super important. Um, the the long-term, I think more often than not, clients do feel like uh, individual employees are, are able to to fund a short-term need, whatever that may be. Um, but the long-term need, the six plus months that somebody may be out uh, uh, having lost an income is, is more concerning and glaring, obviously, therefore more and more willing to fund those programs, those long-term programs these days. Yeah. I mean, I'd echo, obviously the stats are alarming, right? One in four professionals missing at least 12 months of work and income due to illness or accident. One in eight lasting longer than five years. And we see it, but everyone still thinks they're exempt. It does feel a lot like there is a renewed interest on the heels of COVID. This has taken center stage. And I've always argued long before that this is the number one, right, most critical benefit next to your medical coverage. Why is that? What's, you know, why the renewed interest? What are you seeing? What's wrong with just basic LTD coverage or group LTD coverage in your opinion? 
You know, I think you're spot on. Um, I, I, I think it's an under-delivered conversation, maybe because it's a challenging conversation. You're spot on with COVID has absolutely emphasized the need um, for, for disability coverage, again, whether short-term, long-term, or, or supplemental like the world that I live in. You said the stats. I mean, it's, it's unless you know the stats, you don't know the stats. And it's, it, is, it is pretty glaring that a 25-plus-year-old individual working in, in corporate America, it, one in four is likely to suffer from a disability and a, and a loss of income. I think all too often, for whatever reason, other benefits come second in line to the medical plan. The medical plan is always going to be the 800-bound gorilla. They're always going to be the focus. Um, but for whatever reason, I, I think I think dental gets looked at at the next most important benefit discussion, and and <laughs> it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek statement. But uh, I, I I don't know of of many people that have suffered a a foreclosure or bankruptcy due to a root canal. Um, but we've heard of all too many that suffer uh, uh, bankruptcy and foreclosure due to disability and loss of long-term income. And unfortunately, I've got a handful of real-life stories uh, for, from people close to me that have gone through that. And until the discussion is had and had properly about the importance of protecting your number one asset, which is your income, uh, it just isn't had. And again, I think depending on, on where we are in the country, uh, what industry we're in, what incomes look like within that particular company, other benefits might be viewed more importantly. I'm biased and I tend to disagree there. I think disability, the disability discussion as a whole is is super important and a close second in line to, to the medical discussion. Vanessa, I'm going to steal one of your taglines about letting the ancillary benefits sit the bench. Mm-hmm. I think all too often. That's trademark. Get, you better watch out there. We're Jared. guilty of that. <laughs> I'll buy you lunch later. If you let me use it today. All in. We're guilty of it as consultants, right? We get so focused on how do we improve the medical? How do we mm-hmm. control costs on the medical? Do we lose sight of those other benefits? And, and Wes, you talked about the reality that can happen to people when that disability hits. And I think, Vanessa, you, you mentioned a minute ago that COVID has highlighted this. And it's highlighted just how important it is because I think people realize the reality that hey, this could happen to me. Wes, what are we seeing gaps in the traditional group disability platform? Uh, absolutely. And, and I, think, I think the gaps occur more often than not because, again, it doesn't, a, a particular LTD long-term disability benefit package doesn't get addressed properly for 100% of the organization. And almost always in the corporate setting are we, are we seeing people uh, at, at the top of the census uh, being underinsured on an LTD plan, as fruitful as that LTD plan might be. Um, 60% to a cap is 60% to a cap. And I think in, in, until we address it, when our corporate clients hear 60%, everybody thinks they're getting 60%, but they don't pay attention to that cap. So more often than not, and, and again, the world I live in from a supplemental individual disability standpoint, are we needing to bring in a additional layer um, to, to more appropriately uh, ensure those, those higher incomes that exceed those caps? Uh, and again, it's, it's, it's on us, to your point, as consultants to, to bring awareness uh, to the additional need. Group LTD is the absolute starting point. It's absolutely necessary. It covers the entire uh, population. Whereas this, this, this unique uh, executive individual disability world that I live in emphasizes a, a, a smaller population that, uh, that is uh, effectively reverse discriminated against the LTD. They're not getting 60% like everybody else because their income exceeds that cap. And so it's on us to bring awareness there, get everybody whole at at least 60% um, and, and get everybody on a level playing field. 
I'm going to piggyback on that with a yeah. real life story of a personal friend who his his employer offered the traditional group LTD, which he was a part of. And randomly, another friend of his reached out and said, hey, I want to talk to you about this individual disability policy that I have that I think he was a higher income earner, this friend of mine. And he said, I bet you're short on your disability coverage. At first, my friend was hesitant to purchase this. And then he learned about it and, and learned that it was something that was affordable. And he thought about it and, and ended up purchasing it. Six months later, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. Wow. And ended up having a three-year-long fight before he lost that bout with brain cancer. But thank goodness that he took the time to get educated on where he was shorted and where there was a gap in his group long-term disability coverage and how much of a blessing that was to his family to be able to have that continued income until his life insurance policy kicked in. So what a, what a benefit it was. It was one of those things that you don't realize you need again until you need it. Those are uh, those are the real real life stories that, that keep us doing what we're doing here. And again, all too often and unfortunately, um, do people not think about income protection against a disability until it's too late? And so they, they receive that brain cancer diagnosis and they don't have the protection. And of course, go figure at that time, you're not able to go purchase it. It's a hugely uh, overlooked problem. And the ability that we have as uh, employee benefit consultants in talking to our our corporate clients about this and getting this into a benefits package and getting people properly insured on a guarantee issue basis, I might add, and, and, and avoiding medical underwriting, which is what I presume your friend went through, which is a big challenge. So the ability that we have as consultants to to get this in the corporate setting on a guarantee issue basis and avoid underwriting is of huge value to uh, to any given corporate client. Again, regardless of, of of the industry that we're talking to, but glad to hear your your friend had that. It's it's why we do what we do here. And and, and again, I think it's it's an important discussion that just needs to be had more often. And it's it can be a challenging one because you saw firsthand. Um, what what that can do to to he and his family? Yeah, I mean, I think you you've all touched on the fact that even if a you have coverage, if it's a basic group plan, you really really need to dig under the hood, right? The higher the income, the the greater the potential for reverse discrimination because of those traditional and industry standard caps, right? But there are opportunities to solve for that, right? So keeping a rigor around that on a perpetual basis is super important because how our clients are changing their income strategies and their recruitment retention strategies, how they're looking at commission-based volume or comp versus alternatives, right? What are the exemptions? What What is or isn't covered can add some layers or false sense of security to teammates. So at a minimum, making sure you are properly educating, if not in fact layering, is absolutely right a primary goal as we consult and work with employers of all shapes and sizes so again your story there jared is all too often right true but it may be the inverse right where they don't have that proper adequate coverage and that is something i'm pretty passionate about because again like i mentioned it should be up there with your medical coverage. If it's tied to more than 50% of bankruptcies in America, I think it's 63%. Is that what you quoted, Wes? Yeah. That's alarming, right? So again, super important topic. Love what you're doing and your passion behind that, Wes. I mean, we always go back to, right, you can have a C-suite conversation. What happens if your CEO goes out on a claim and receives 25% of their income from the LTD plan? Well, I think that's one of the bigger threats uh, in what we do in managing benefits for our clients is is not getting to that discussion before one of those C-suite employees does experience a, a long-term disability. And, and again, 
almost always is that CEO's, uh, he or she's income exceeding the LTD cap. And he or she likely doesn't even know that because, again, we get hung up on 60%. So it's it's on us at the right time of the year. <laughs> Fourth quarter isn't always that right time, but the right time of the year to have that discussion and bring awareness to not only the CEO, but uh, very likely a good amount of folks uh, below he or she, again, with a, higher, with, with a higher income. And, and you, you also nailed it. I mean, it, a, it reverse discrimination is almost always the starting point. Who's not getting 60%? But then you also mentioned recruit and retain. And I mm-hmm. tell you, I, I do a lot of that for our client base when we're focused on executive titles as opposed to just incomes. Um, and so when we when we do have clients that are looking to enhance benefits for a said executive class, this should be the number one thing on the list. I mean, outside of maybe beefing up the medical plan as we keep, keep talking about it, how can we enhance income protection for our executives or for lack of a better way of saying it, our most important people, our key people of the organization? If, if we can inflate income replacement uh, above and beyond the LTD plan, that's that's a major recruitment retention play, but a, a major value point in getting those folks more appropriately insured. Oh, you're absolutely right. And I mean, Wes, you, you had a little quote that stuck with me. It's on your long-term disability contract. It's not the last time it was renewed because often did we renew our policy, but when was it reviewed? And I think that ultimate gap is where that starting point is for those that are maybe on the front lines of that renewal process that might lead up to that executive C-suite. But maybe you could just kind of step back into like, what should we start looking at in those contracts? And I think we're talking percentage and limits, but how do we help guide those that are starting the initial renewal conversations to uh, call out, look for and identify those gaps. What does that process look like? Sure. And I, I think it's twofold on, on, on how you go about it. I, I, I think one way, and if, if we actually have the time in the day to do it and think about it, being the importance of the discussion and who it impacts ultimately, I think trying to have this discussion off renewal for, from all the other benefits that impact the entire organization is, is the ideal way to do it uh, and gives us a, a touch point with our clients, a valuable touch point with our clients, again, uh, off cycle, off renewal of, of the all important medical plan. And so if, if we can diagnose the need, and that's, there, that's a multitude of, of ways of diagnosing the need off renewal, I think we have a better chance of getting a better audience and ears to focus singularly on this important discussion. So that's a starting point off renewal. Um, and then it's and then it, it, if we do take the time to do that, it's a it's a review of, of the LTD plan. What is the LTD plan? What is the max? Let's call it a 60% to $10,000 LTD is a pretty common LTD plan. And, and then let's look at the census real quick. Uh, 60% to 10 covers a $200,000 income in whole on an annual basis. How many people do we have making more than 200 grand uh, likely at the top, whether those are sales folks, VPs, C-suite, whatever it may be, do we have a multitude of people that that have exposure and have an issue uh, that that we need to address? And so, uh, doing doing an LTD plan review and a census review off cycle, ideally, more often than not, does it happen to your point at renewal time? Taking the time to step back, thinking about the incomes, and again back to guarantee issue: Are are we looking at five or more people in that in that in that corporate entity that are exceeding the LTD cap? And and if so, you have a guarantee issue valuable discussion to supplement that LTD plan with a with an enhanced individual disability program. And again, more often than not, in in the individual disability space, are you're coming to to a firm by yourself, a doctor, an attorney. 
a C-suite individual, which is fully medically underwritten. And medical underwriting in the disability space is very challenging to get through. So if we can really help our, our corporate clients understand the value in obtaining these programs on a guarantee issue discounted basis is of huge value to our HR partners and then above and beyond those folks uh, getting to the C-suite and, and kind of enhancing our relationships at that level. Wes, where are you seeing these conversations start? Does it start with HR? Is it starting with the executives? Who's who's typically initiating the, the look under the hood to enhance these benefits? Yeah, I, th- I think more often than not, because most of our relationships in general start with HR, um, that's the answer is HR. But I think ultimately, if we can get HR comfortable with the conversation, because as we know, HR cares about 100% of the organization, everybody in there. Uh, making sure everybody's adequately uh, insured medically, disability, life, dental, everything, the, the, the full boat of the benefits package. But because of who this conversation ultimately impacts, and it's the higher income C-suite folks, if we can get HR comfortable enough with, and concerned enough, I should say, with, oh my gosh, there is an issue for the folks at the top, I think ultimately the discussion ends with, call it that CFO or the CEO or, or, or the, the director of HR. But it's, 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 it's getting our immediate relationships comfortable with, again, a challenging discussion because maybe we, we weren't aware of it before. It's been an issue for, for years to come. Now we're taking the time to, to address the need and fix the problem. I mean, this is ultimately not a sales pitch. This is, hey, we've got a problem and, and we've got to solve for it. Here's a, a supplemental layer of disability coverage to be that solution because we, we ultimately are, again, impacting probably that C-suite. I think the discussion starts with our HR partners and ends uh, with that CFO or CEO to make that final decision. You know, in prep for today, I was thinking a lot about the actual claims that come in for the disability world. Uh, and for those who know me in personal quick side story, like my wife is way cooler than I am, if you've ever met her. And she actually has a disability and we've got a lot of visibility into the disabled world. And it's really uh, eye-opening in many places. And not many people think, I think short-term we think of maybe a fracture, maybe a pregnancy, but long-term yep. it's musculoskeletal, it's cancers, it's mental health issues, it's heart attacks, circulatory, and kind of setting the precedence that it's maybe not the common things or there's other things that maybe that aren't part of the conversation that you know, might build from a medical medical plan, but may, need to be supported in the LTD side. So uh, I, I think ultimately is more of a thought and maybe back to the team of what else are we seeing? Or Wes, does that sound in line with what you're seeing with the clients that you're working with? Yeah, and I, I think you're spot on. And I think in line with that, that the bigger problem around people and thinking about disability and the need for it and the importance of it is, is that most people are, are, have the mindset, it won't happen to me. I'm fine. Right. Nothing's going to happen. And if they think about it, they think almost purely about cancer to your point adam cancer 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 that's that's obviously the the overwhelming diagnosis that beats the heck out of all of us not all of us individually but within families and friendships and whatever it may be and we see far too much of it so i think that's probably the immediate thought but you 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 made mention of probably the biggest growing one in the form of mental nervous claims anxiety and depression especially on the heels of covid and, and, and in the working world those are real life things that that affect individuals that cause the inability to do our jobs and make our income. And that's the leading cause of, of disability claims today are, are mental health. You, you mentioned strokes and heart attacks and what, what that could turn into uh, from a long-term standpoint. And again, take you out of the ability to, to manage your duties on a day-to-day basis. 
I won't get hit by a bus. I, I might get cancer. I don't know, but I'm pretty invincible. I'm a 35-year-old male or female, and, and I, I don't think I, I, I do pretty well from, from an income standpoint, but nothing's going to happen to me. And it's like any insurance product at the end of the day, right? We hope we don't have to use it, uh, but some are more important than others. Um, and I think people, I've, I think people gravitate to life insurance far more quicker than, than they do this living benefit of disability insurance. Um, and again, we've talked about the likelihood of disability above and beyond many other forms of insurance claims at the start of this conversation. And it's one in four is pretty glaring. So hopefully we can we can kind of uh, grow this conversation and, and educate more on it with our client base and, and, and talk through the value and need of, of why we're having this discussion. Well said, Wes. We certainly appreciate your expertise and knowledge sharing with our listeners here today. Absolutely, as Jared said, not a conversation that should be sitting the bench. I don't care what your shape, size, or industry code it may be. This is one that you absolutely need to make sure stays on the radar. And again, appreciate your passion here. And uh, all those that have listened in, certainly uh, a topic to be thinking about regardless of the time of year. So thanks again, uh, Wes, for joining us today. And for all of our listeners listening in, be sure to subscribe and more fun to come. Take care and talk soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Benefits Breakdown. This episode, in combination with our previous episode titled HRIS, HCM, and Performance Tools, is eligible for one SHRM credit. The code for SHRM credit is 232QYY3. That's 23-2, Q is in Quebec, Y is in Yankee, Y is in Yankee, 3. This code expires after December 31st of 2023. So thanks again for listening and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And be sure to tune in to our next episode of the Benefits Breakdown. 